What up, what up? Welcome to episode 97 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here on my own, actually, ready to bring you an awesome interview. It's the summertime, and, you know, things are getting plugged into the calendar, catching up from the year of COVID. So we wanted to bank some interviews, and we got to sit down with a local star, Gunnar Wicks, who is just an amazing guy all around. I was so impressed with him. I've seen him wrestle in the ring. The guy's a killer. Uh, He's had an excellent career, and he's only been doing it for a short while, but making it count each and every day, he laces up the boots and steps into the ring. Um, Again, uh, this kid has it all. He has a great work ethic. He's humble. He's got passion for the business, and it was just super fun to get a chance to get to know this guy and what he wants to do with his career, and uh, he tells some great stories, and we're just uh, super excited to bring this interview uh, to you all. Um, make sure you check out his Instagram. It's Gunner Wicks. Gunner. W-I-X-X. Wicks. Two X's on there. So uh, check him out on Facebook, YouTube. Um, he's got a big calendar coming up real soon. So if you're loving him, go check him out and support him. But we'll just get right to the interview. Here we are with Gunner Wicks. Our next guest is a local star who wrestles by way of Brew City Wrestling, Insane Championship Wrestling, Fourth Wall Wrestling, All Heel Wrestling, and American Wrestling Federation. He is a two-time heavyweight champion and former tag team champion with Brew City Wrestling, as well as a Hall of Honor recipient in the future category with the company. He's a former Midwest champion with ICW, and he currently holds the heavyweight strap with All Heel Wrestling while also toting a year-long undefeated streak for Fourth Wall Wrestling. He has studied and trained at the Thumper's Den located right here in Milwaukee by Frankie DeFalco and the Beer City Bruiser and has also attended wrestling seminars with Adam Pierce, Jimmy Hart, EC3, Braun Strowman, and Bully Ray Dudley. It is my pleasure to introduce Gunner Wicks. Gunner, what is up, dude? What an intro, huh? Oh, bro. We're so lucky to have you here. We're so excited. Welcome. Um, we've seen you live and we're finally, you know, got a chance to talk with you in person and hear your story. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So where did your passion for pro wrestling come from? Was there a match that you saw as a kid or an event that you attended or how did this all come about? So the first memory I have of wrestling, I think I was three or four years old. I have six brothers. Mm. Uh, most of them are wrestling fans. Um, at the time, are they all older or? Yes, I'm the youngest. Out oh, of all of yeah. Them. So oh, yeah. you're. I got you're beat in up it. a lot. You yeah. have no choice. <laughs> okay. Yep. So uh, my brothers were watching. From what I remember, it was Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, Hell in a Cell. Ugh. Kane debuted. Classic. The maybe the greatest wrestling match of all time. Yeah. Yep. And they snuck me in the room to watch with them, like <laughs> right as that match started. 
and I knew nothing about wrestling, but I was just like super obsessed with The Undertaker because he looked insane. I had no idea what was going on. And then at the end, Kane, Kane came through and like ripped the door down. And I was like, who is this guy? He looks awesome. And I was like four years old. So like, I thought those were my literal thoughts. But yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, this is it sounds more like you saw Debbie Does Dallas for the first time. Uh, but you saw Undertaker yeah. and <laughs> HBK for the first time. I mean, that's that's awesome. There's just so much like craziness going on. But ever since I saw that, I've been like obsessed with Kane. He's probably my favorite wrestler, and then just been a huge wrestling fan ever since. Dude, that's awesome. What a great memory that you have there. So that carries over to a passion as you grow into your adulthood, and you, what made you decide to break into the business then? Um, I think my whole life I wanted to wrestle, but I didn't think I'd be capable of actually wrestling. Um when I was just after high school, I was like almost 350 pounds, very out of shape. I was like, oh, I can never wrestle. But then I guess got the inspiration after I graduated college and I lost a bunch of weight. So I was like, oh, maybe I can do this. I'm not quite sure. But if I can't do it, I at least want to know if I can or can't. So maybe I'll like go into this and I'll fail. Maybe I'll be good. I have no idea but I want to see what happens. So after I graduated college, uh, I signed up at the Brew City School, uh, Thumper's Den, ran by Frankie DeFalco. And I went in there and gave it my best, and now here I am. Wow. It's worked out. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So when you went into the Thumper's Den, did you have an idea, like did you have a gimmick in mind that you wanted to try out, or you're just like, okay, I, w I need to learn the ropes literally? Um, how do you like mold a style like when you're learning the business but also developing your character? How does that work? Um, I think when you first start that stuff, at least for me, was not like even in my mind. It's just all about learning the basics, the fundamentals, making sure my cardio is okay, making sure I can actually like do the basic things that are required to wrestle. Um, and then once I started having matches, uh, my character was kind of... My, my trainer at the time, Beer City Bruiser, he knew I liked Kane. And I think he kind of gave me, like, the monstery kind of badass type gimmick, which I was super cool with, obviously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I did that. Um, but at first, I didn't try to think too much about it. I just went out there and just thought, like, be mean, be aggressive, like hype myself up to get actually like pissed off before I go through the curtain um, and I just tried to really just get through the match I didn't try to develop much of a character or I didn't have any goals in mind other than just surviving really mm -hmm. um, but the character development stuff I think didn't really even come until like a year or two after mm -hmm. that's when I really started thinking more about like who is Gunner Wicks and what do I want to do with it but the beginning was just like be mean, be aggressive, and try to survive. I like that. Sounds like you tried to really just immerse in the moment and soak it in, the atmosphere, play off the crowd. That's that's awesome, man. That's very cool. Was there did you were you Gunner Wicks right off the bat, or were there um, gimmicks or personas that you tried and it maybe didn't hit right with the fans, or was it always um. Gunner? I was always Gunner Wicks from the start. Mm -hmm. uh, my debut, 
I didn't even have my name, like, literally two minutes before I went through the curtain. Oh, nice. Like, I had no idea what I was going to be called. Um, kind of funny story. That night, I went in, like, the, uh, this was at BCW. They have, like, a little back room where all the vets hang out. And uh, Frank DeFalco was back there. And I knew I had stuff to do that night. And I was like, they're going to announce me. What are they going to call me? <laughs> I have no idea. So I went back there. I go, uh, Frank, what's my name? And he says, get the fuck out. <laughs> so I left. And I was like, oh, I guess my name is get the fuck out. <laughs> but uh, like two minutes before I was supposed to go through the curtain, I asked him again, like, what are you guys going to call me? And then he asked me for my ideas, which I gave him. Um, I came up with Wix for the last name, which they liked. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what my first name was that I came up with. I came up with a, f- a few. But uh, I think I got Gunner because Brandon Blaze's dog's name was Gunner. And he thought that would be cool. So they gave it to me and it worked. Dude, that's <laughs> awesome. I love hearing the origin stories of how uh, wrestlers get their names. And, yeah, it works, man. I mean, it works with your your physique, your style. I love it. And Which leads me to my next question. I mean, you don't really see a ton of indie wrestlers, or at least I haven't, I guess, uh, seen a lot of indie guys wearing face paint. Did you always have it, or is it something that you developed a little later on, or this was a tribute to legends that you grew up loving? Um, How did the face paint come along? Um, I did not have it at the beginning. I had no face paint for, like, maybe only a match or two. And then I was told my face looks too nice, not mean enough, so I had to do something. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I have seen you wrestle, and I'm like, you look like a super nice guy, like, out of the ring here. So, uh-huh. yeah, this is quite a trip for me, kind of talking yeah, to you Yeah, the, the face paint really helps get me into the mode I have to be in. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to do a mask originally, because I love Kane. Mm-hmm. But um, Beer City Bruiser told me that a lot of people use masks, and maybe I should try face paint, because not a lot of people do that. So I was right. like, okay, I'll play around with it. Um, it took quite a few different designs and attempts. The first were very awful, horrible looking. But I finally settled on a good design, and now that's what I use. It's awesome. And the preparation of it, is it a lot of work? Did you Do you have somebody do it for you, you do it yourself? I do it myself. That's cool. Um, at the beginning, it probably took maybe a half hour to put on Mm -hmm. now it takes like 10 minutes just because i've done it so many times but uh yeah that really helps me get into the right frame of mind Mm -hmm. and uh sometimes i wish i didn't have it because like a few minutes into the match i'll start sweating it gets in my eyes my nose my mouth i'm Mm -hmm. like blind the last half of every match i have but uh i think it really helps me get in the right mindset to do what i have to do I, yeah, I definitely it, feel it that. It definitely helps with the look, for sure. For I sure. couldn't imagine myself without face paint now. Yeah, man. I, I think it works awesome. And it's got to be kind of like a meditative thing, kind of like putting on your war paint. Definitely. Getting into the mode. I mean, I've seen some docs with Sting, how he like would just put the paint on, get the brush out, and he does like this whole ritual thing. I got to think it's, it's, it's cool. I mean, it definitely works. So props to you. And I mean... It's an extra cost, but you're you're investing in yourself as an outside perspective. Good job. I just want to give you props for that. So thank you. You you uh, talked about your first match, how you didn't even know 
who what your name was going to be. Uh, what was your first match like, and where was it, and who was it against, and how did it go? Um, so my first match, I think, was at Portage County Fair, um, and it was against Beer City Bruiser, the guy who trained me. Nice. And I was, I didn't even think I was going to wrestle that day. So like before that, I was doing uh, Battle Royals at the end of all of our summer shows that we always have for a BCW. But I never had like a singles match or a tag match or like a real like deal. So I showed up, set up the ring, and then uh, he came up to me and told me that I was wrestling that weekend. And like I completely was caught off guard. I was like, oh man, I'm doing like a real actual match. I was three and a half months, maybe four months into training. Um, in a month of that, I was gone for work. So there's probably like, you know, two, three months of like real training. Um, I thought I was completely unprepared. I thought I was going to shit the bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, he helped me. He helped carry me through that match, definitely for sure. And I got through it. And it's gotten a little bit easier every single time i've been out there so nice that's pretty cool that you got to wrestle the person that trained you gives you a boost of confidence and you know you're in good hands and i'm sure the first match is always like really hard on the nerves did you like did you puke or yep um i did not puke uh beer city bruiser like took the air out of me probably like three or four times I think he hit me with a cannonball in the corner once, a frog splash from the top. Wow. I think he might have done a Vader bomb, so I was struggling to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, nope, didn't puke myself, thankfully. Yeah, if you had had any knots in your stomach, you probably took it out of you, like you said. That's crazy. So, like, so the training, when you first got into Thumper's Den, was it tough? Could you keep up? Did anybody humble you? Or who kind of took you under your wing? under their wing to help you, you know, groom you into the wrestler that you are today, would you say? I don't know if there's one particular person. I think everyone there that I trained with helped me in one way or another. Uh, The beginning was really, really rough. Mm. Um, Very physical. Uh, And I was still a little bit out of shape when I first started. Uh, as far as like cardio goes for sure. I remember the first day I had training just for a warm up. We ran like a few laps around the parking lot by where the building is. And like after just the warm up, I was like dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, I still have two more hours to go. Um, but over time, obviously your body adjusts to it and it gets easier. But the beginning was super, super tough. And I had a lot of people, I have a lot of people to thank for help, like, getting me through that. Nice. Did you have to make a lot of adjustments to your diet, workout regimen? Because, I mean, I listed off all these promotions that you're, that you've wrestled with and these seminars that you've attended. It, it sounds like you're really going for this and you're taking this very seriously. So how has your, like, life changed that you now are this, you know, this Gunner Wicks champion in the wrestling Um, business what do you do now i get a lot less sleep Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's the thing um just a lot more i think working out in general um i do watch what i eat a little bit but i should probably be better at that um for me i think 
the diet's probably the hardest part of like everything because going to the gym or wrestling training or whatever it sucks but as long as I know that like it's only gonna suck for a little bit and then I can rest and recover I'll be okay whereas like maybe a diet thing it's more of like a long-term sustained kind of deal um but I'd say the biggest thing that changes, yeah, less sleep and then just going to the gym as often as I can. And a lot of time in the car. There's a lot of traveling every weekend. Yeah. Like, uh, way too much. <laughs> yeah. And that takes a toll on the body, too. So you, it's... More so than the wrestling matches, dude. Yeah, yeah. For sure, dude. Absolutely. Matt, I know you had a question for Gunner. Uh, about all the wrestling promotions that he wrestles with? Yeah, well, so we just talked about all these different promotions, and obviously, you know, currently you're the heavyweight champion with All Heels Wrestling or HWS Chicago. Um, But, you know, in the beginning, Mike listed a ton of other promotions you've worked for, held championships in. Talk to us a little bit about the differences with some of those promotions. Like, have you noticed a difference in the culture, the work style, or just the general way that they like to book? within each promotion they're definitely all a little different some more so than others um for me the biggest difference is the other wrestlers that are there because they really kind of set the tone for the culture sometimes you go into like a more local show where you know everyone really well and it's really easy and other times you'll go to somewhere maybe farther away where you don't know anybody at all and it's kind of like a weird kind of feeling and like maybe they all know each other but you kind of feel like a bit of an outsider maybe um they all book a little differently some are really specific of what they want out of your matches others just give you your opponent and tell you just go out there and do whatever so yeah it varies quite a bit but um just got to do the best you can to adjust to whatever place you're at and really when once you're in the ring and the bell rings it's the same as any other promotion before and after the show feel different but when you're out there doing what you do it all feels the same so you mentioned just a second ago some promotions have a very clear idea of what they want out of you and out of the match Mm -hmm. other promotions rely on you and your opponent to kind of figure it out as you go of those two which which have you felt the most comfortable with or are there benefits to both there's benefits to both um if i had to pick one i like having more i guess creative control over what i want to do but that also comes with more i guess responsibility because if it sucks it's on you (laughs) oh for sure um which is it's a little bit like that for both cases but um it's also kind of nice having the promoter know exactly what they want because then you know exactly what you have to do. So it's a little bit like less stressful in a way, but having that creative control is definitely like more fun. And then you have a better chance to find out like whatever you do, what works and what doesn't. Totally. So it's, I think, a better learning experience too to have like loosened up guidelines. Totally. That makes sense. So, so getting back a little bit to All Heels Wrestling, where you're currently the world champion. Um, We talked a little bit about this before we started recording, and you had mentioned that it is, in fact, an all-heels promotion. We've heard many times that working a heel versus heel dynamic can be kind of difficult. Talk to us a little bit about what that's been like for you, and, you know, how do you kind of work that into your match style? Um, For me, even if it is like a baby face versus a baby face or heel versus a heel, 
the crowd is always going to choose one over the other to some degree. So you still have to... There's always like a more aggressive one between the two. So you've got to pick which one you're going to be, basically. And uh, yeah, at, at that point, it's just like, I guess, any other match. Um, for me, I think I prefer heel versus heel rather than baby versus baby. Uh, that's a little easier because um, crowds tend to like heel characters more than babyface characters, I think. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting, and I feel like that's been something we've started to see more in the last 10, 15 years is wrestling fans have gotten smarter because of the Internet and things like that. Mm -hmm. Heels have gotten more and more popular, whereas, you know, go back to the 80s and the 90s, fans hated heels, which rightfully so. That was their whole job, right? Yep. Um, but now that heels have gotten smarter, more creative, more clever, we're starting to see fans gravitate more that direction. Um, so that being said, are you looking to, as long as you're holding the title, keep working in AHW? And, you know, God forbid if you were to lose it, it like, what do you think is next? Like, what what else do you want to accomplish while you're there? Um, I hope that I get to hold on to the title for a while. Um, for me, championships are pretty cool, but it's more important i think to have entertaining matches or matches that people are invested in so if i were to ever lose the title which i doubt that'll ever happen but if it did highly I, unlikely highly unlikely <laughs> um i would just hope to be involved in something that's still entertaining whether that involves the title or doesn't perfect so is there so thinking about things that you know you talked about different match types I guess is there a type of match that maybe at this point in your career you haven't done yet that you'd really love to do you know whether it's some version of a hardcore match or some special stipulation is there a match like that that you haven't done yet and if you were to do it is there a, like a dream opponent that you would love to have that match with Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a lot. I was in an eight-man ladder match once, but I really like to do a one-on-one -on -one ladder match with somebody. Wow. I, th I think that would be a lot. In eight-man, there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Two guys, it's more the focus is just on you two. Um, for an opponent, though, that's hard. Any opponent? Like unrealistic yeah, opponents or unrealistic, realistic. I mean, it's it's your interview. You can pick whatever <laughs> you want. Um, you can call somebody out right now that yeah. you want to get a piece of. That's the beauty of social media and podcasting. The world is your audience. So I'm gonna go with Chucky Bates. Chucky Bates. Me and right. him have wrestled way too many times. I've wrestled him more than any other person, like by far. But we've done a lot, but we've never done a ladder match. So I think him and I could put on a great ladder match. Ooh. we got to get that at a venue with a high enough ceiling. Cause I, wanna, I know, right? We need like 20-foot <laughs> ladder, 10, 12. I don't think we'll cut it because you guys are crazy. I think Chucky Bates is like a nutbag, right? 100%. That's his, that's his, uh, that's his whole deal. That, I, I would go to that for sure. So, Chucky, let's go, bro. Let's go. All right. Well, uh Matt talked about, you know, the like what you're doing in uh, all heel wrestling. You got this one like year long undefeated streak. 
Uh, how did you develop your skill set? Like, talk about how you developed your finisher and, like, the moves that you inflict all the pain on your opponents of. You have your set. Did you gain inspiration from um, other wrestlers, or was it innovative on your behalf? Um, my Obviously, like I said before, my favorite wrestler is Kane, so mm-hmm. I've taken a lot of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my finisher used to be a choke slam, mm-hmm. but then someone kicked out of it, and I was like, oh, that's never going to happen again. So I, <laughs> I changed it to a spear because I gave, I forget what match it was. I gave someone a spear, and it wasn't the finish, but I was told by multiple people how cool it looked, and it was pretty devastating. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll make that my finisher. And so I did, and ever since then, no one's kicked out of the spear. And we're going to keep it that way. Nice. Um, what's what's your current weight right now? Uh, 269. All right. Yeah. 69 is 69 there. specifically. Not a pound less or a pound more. Beautiful. <laughs> that's, that's one way to keep your weight right where it's at, right? Yep. <laughs> awesome. It's a lot of work. Nice, dude. Well, that's perfect. Um, I actually got a text from Baxter Belafonte talking about a story when he uh, missed the bus. You actually saw him running. I did. Uh, like trying to catch it, but you said you were kind of new in the business. Yep. And you didn't help a brother out. No. What was up with that? <laughs> so I was, I was in the bus and I saw him, I think, come out of the hotel just as we were taking off. And yeah, I was very new in the business. And when I first started, I didn't talk a whole lot. I just kind of kept to myself and did my thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw him out the window. But I don't know, for some reason, I just didn't decide to, uh, to uh, mention it to anybody. <laughs> and, and off we went. <laughs> That's too good. Oh, man. I've missed the bus a couple of times just for school. But, I mean, for a wrestling match, I'd be shitting bricks. I mean, did he get punished pretty bad? or uh, Like, what is the punishment when you miss the bus first off? Apparently the main event of the show that you were late for. Mm, Damn. So lucky, lucky guy. Lucky him. Right place, right time. Well, awesome. Well, you actually told me a little story about... um, It was the night you took the title of um, heavyweight champion back off of Mav Boone and Baxter Belafonte. It was actually Jerry Lawler was there. He was doing his thing. Yep. Saw the match. You talked about how your mom makes cookies for everybody. She does. I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean... You're, you seem like a super nice guy out of the ring. Your mom must be a total gem. Tell me about this story about with Jerry Lawler and these cookies. So Jerry Lawler was mostly like in a back room for most of the show, which I never went in. So I did not see him the entire show. Mm-hmm. But as you said, my mom makes cookies every show for BCW for all the boys. Um, and she had a few left over she wanted to get rid of. So at the end of the show, I took the bin of cookies. I walked in the back room where he was. I never said hi to him or introduced myself, which I probably should have. <laughs> but I go in there uh, with all my gear still on, with my face paint half melted off all over me. And I go in there, and it's just him, and he's changing. And I go, Jerry. And he looks at me like really weird kind of like side-eyed it's like hey you want a cookie and he just stares at me with like the weirdest face <laughs> and like i realize like i'm kind of being weird myself so like i understand <laughs> so i ask him again if he wants a cookie and he just goes like oh sure 
<laughs> so I gave him the rest of my mom's cookies, and that was that. <laughs> Maybe he thought it was like edibles or something like that. Maybe he got Maybe. like dosed a couple times in his <laughs> career or something like that. He's like. I don't know about these indie shows, Jr. <laughs> I'm sure his long career, he's probably seen and done quite a few things. So yeah, it might have been going through his mind. But that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm sure your mom's an awesome chef. I would have taken him. Yeah, um, both my parents are bakers. Really? Yes. Do they hit, do they own their own shop or? They do not. No. No. Well, they're both retired now. But yeah, both my mom and my dad make really good stuff. Phenomenal. Well, which is I'm, why I was a fat child. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be now. You got a more of a fan out of me. I'm gonna be following you all your shows and be like, "Where's this rubber made of uh, baked goods?" Should have brought cookies to the interview. To the oh, podcast next time. Sorry, missed opportunity. That's all right. Sorry. That's all right. Good that's, reason for a return visit. That's what I was about yep. to say. I was like, <laughs> you know, you're totally invited back because I got to check this out. Just so you know, chocolate chip, peanut butter bars, or whatever those things are with the chocolate and the peanut butter. Okay. Anything yep. in bar form, I'm I'm a fucking sucker for. So, that's awesome. All right. Do you have any other crazy stories that you wanted to share with us uh, from the road? Anything come to mind? Um, Since you've been uh, all over the place, Illinois, Minnesota. How far away have you gone from home? Are you you're from Milwaukee? Yeah. Yep. I'm from Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, the farthest I've traveled is uh, Texas. Wow. We went there for uh, WrestleMania weekend. Cool. I think it was like a 15 or 16 hour drive there, mm-hmm. and then that long on the way back. Obviously, um, I only had one match that weekend, and it was a five minute long match, and it was a three on three tag. Mm. Which I was a little bit disappointed about because it's an awful long drive. <laughs> mm-hmm. And during that five-minute match, I messed my shoulder up, and that sucked for like a few more months after that. So it's kind of disappointing. But I got to see WrestleMania for the first time in my life cool. live, and uh, that was pretty cool. But yeah, Texas is the furthest I've traveled by far. That was the WrestleMania that Stone Cold came out yes. with Chainsaw Charlie, and uh, who's the other? was it? HBK. That came out with them too. Well, out of yeah. like the, I think the New Day was wrestling and those guys came out or something like that, right? It was the most recent WrestleMania. Oh, so, was, uh, so this was recent. Never mind. Yeah. Okay, it was uh, Kevin Owens and yes, uh, yes, Stone Cold. That's tight. Yep. Wow. So you got to witness Stone Cold's return match after 19 years of not wrestling. Yes, that was pretty cool. All right. Well, that's worth the drive, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yep. I yep. mean, that's passion right there too. Like you said, I mean, there's a lot of people that you know never do it that you do but i mean pretty much all of it is you got to be there to participate to experience this stuff and you're living it man so props to you um you wrestled at these seminars too with a lot of these wrestlers like ec3 and bully ray dudley and braun Strowman, jimmy hart can you tell us a little bit about those seminars and where did like who who had like the biggest impact for you who was like one of your greatest mentors there that's a tough one they've all been pretty helpful um i think the main one that sticks out of my mind is uh ec3 and uh braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. um braun Strowman being another uh bigger wrestler uh helped me a lot with kind of like the big man stuff the bigger style of wrestling mm-hmm. um he helped me with my promos a little bit 
Uh, Bully Ray was also pretty cool. That seminar just took place about a week ago, so that's still pretty fresh in my mind. Um, I remember he was teaching us uh, how to sell and uh, like kind of how stiff or how hard you should be hitting people in the ring. Uh, so he picked the biggest guy out of all the people there, which was me, mm-hmm. and he laid a couple pretty hot kicks right into my stomach. He got he got me down on all fours, Oof. and then just kicked <laughs> kicked me in the stomach a couple times, <laughs> and it, it hurt. Welcome to Dudleyville. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and then he asked me, he's like, "Does that tickle?" It's <laughs> like, Ugh, <laughs> not really. It kind of sucks. <laughs> Shit. And he's like, well, that's how hard you should be kicking people every time. And I was like, noted. Wow. I mean, that's... Talk about impact. Yeah. That's, yeah. uh, that's going to last... I mean, that's shit that you're going to remember. And I feel bad for Chucky Bates when uh, you guys have this ladder match now. I know, yep. I have a feeling Gunnar Wicks is going to whisper, does that tickle in old Chucky's ear? <laughs> I'm sure I've made him tickle quite a few times. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Matt, do you got anything left for uh, Gunner here? Well, yeah. So, so I mean, obviously, we've talked about all the different promotions that you've wrestled with. Um, and, you know, obviously, you mentioned, I, I don't know if we were talking about this before we started recording or in, in the early going of the podcast, but you mentioned... Um, just working a lot of dates recently, especially, I guess, what is your vision for your pro wrestling career? Is this the be all end all? I mean, is this ultimately like where do you want to go? What you want to do? Like, where do you see yourself in the next year or two when it comes to pro wrestling? Um, in the next year or two, it's hard to kind of come up with an idea of where I might be because so far my wrestling journey has been very unpredictable like I had never thought I'd be good enough to even have like my first match let alone at this point having like two close to 200 now um my main goal would be WWE mm-hmm. which is probably like most indie wrestlers main goals so I'm not uh I don't think that I'll ever be there. I'm not planning on it, but that's if that ever did happen, that'd be pretty sweet. Um, but in the short term, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, uh, working hard, getting as many reps in as I can, and see where it goes. Because I have no idea. <laughs> it might go downhill from here. It might get better. I don't know. I think I think it'll go uphill from here. I mean, obviously, I hope so. Yeah, like being in the spot you're in right now, I think it's pretty amazing, especially when you look at the Midwest indie circuit. So, definitely good things coming for Gunner Wicks. Big time. You got a fan in the Keep the Kayfabe boys for sure. You've been right. awesome. Uh, it's been awesome hearing your story and all of your experience. But before we let you go, we do this little thing on the show where we ask every interview the same three set of questions. It's called the three count, and you can't kick out of them. You got to answer them. I always um, kick out. The, the, <laughs> the first one is, what would be your dream match opponent, and what would the stipulation be? And this wrestler could be, you know, alive, passed on, whatever you want. Unlike earlier. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Kane. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be, if it could be a mix between a Buried Alive match and an Inferno match. Hey. Maybe you get like put in a casket and then it gets set on fire or something. Hey. Oh, for, for property of Kane's mask, because I want it. <sighs> wow. Glenn. 
You hearing this? <laughs> that is a really specific stipulation. I love it. Oh, I've dreamed about this many times. That's it's hey, gonna happen. If you can dream it, it can happen. I love to hear that. That's a great answer. I love the creativity. So the second one is kind of a, a crazy one here. But it really kind of delves into the psyche of our uh, of our guests here. So would you rather have a 30-minute death match with Nick Gage or would you rather have a match with New Jack when New Jack is having a very bad day? Um, I think I'm going to go with the 30-minute uh, Nick Gage match. Uh-huh. Uh, because with New Jack, if he's having a bad day, the match might go longer than 30 minutes anyways. True. <laughs> <laughs> or not at all, and you never or wake up the next day. very, very bad in yeah. a couple minutes. I don't know. But I think I could survive 30 minutes with uh, Nick Gage. Have you ever been in a death match before? Or like, what's the most weapons or, uh, like, carnage? That you've had in a match, would you I've say? I've been in a few hardcore matches. Uh, mm-hmm. The match I had with Mav Boone at uh, BCW's Last Rise to Honor was pretty intense. We had some chairs, some doors. I speared him through a picture frame that had a glass over it. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Yeah, that was rough. Rough for him. It was great for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had a kendo stick match. I haven't done any death matches. I think I'd like to do one just to say I did one. Okay. But yeah, I not mean, on a regular basis, no. Yeah, I mean, you kind of got to be a, a little, a little few screws loose to do these death matches, I think. I, I mean, it's not my thing. Matt actually likes them a lot. Uh, but, I mean, it's a genre of wrestling. If you, mm-hmm. uh, you seem like a really well rounded guy that wants to experience all the business. If you do a death match, I will be there. Even though I don't like it, <laughs> I don't want to see my buddies get hurt or any of that, but I will be there. I will awesome. definitely be there. All right. Maybe I'll talk to Dysfunction at ICW and see what I can do. All right. Sounds Just like, one. Sounds like we're helping you book your career. We're getting that keep the kayfabe <laughs> bump, bro. That's great. All right. So third and final question of the three count. If you could have a sit-down dinner with three influential people in the business, living or dead, who would those three people be? And what would you eat now that you ha- – I know how well you eat now. Like, what would it be? Like, are you having ribeyes or uh, cordon bleus? I don't know. Oh, man. Um, I like a good steak. Okay. Uh, New York strip. Yes. Are you a mid-rare guy? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. Yep, okay. Yep. A little horseradish sauce or blue cheese? Uh, no. Neither no. of those. Straight up? No, straight up. All straight right. up. Just appreciate the meat. Sorry. Exactly. I'm getting a little hungry yep. here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, three people. This is a tough one. Well, we know one's Kane probably, right? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Well, you wrestled them, so you already, <laughs> you already got yeah, them. He so, can. Yeah. Yep. I'll yep. let you go. Sorry. Good. So then it's going to be The Undertaker. Nice. Fitting. Um, just because, obviously, legendary guy, long career. I think there's a lot that uh, he probably has a lot of good road stories as well as tons of knowledge mm-hmm. to uh, pass on. So him. Um, I think Jake the Snake. Nice. Yeah. It's because I'm a big fan of his psychology mm-hmm. and uh, storytelling, so I think he'd be good. Mm-hmm. And then... Andre the Giant. Nice. Just because dude's massive, obviously, and I bet he'd have some good stories to tell, too. Wow. 
I mean, book the restaurant. Where are you going to go? They need a table big enough to <laughs> house you guys. That's amazing. That's a cool dinner, man. Good answers. I'll get a job there and just become a waiter just so I can sit in on that dinner or listen in. Right. With all the food you'll be bringing to the table, it'll be busy. It'll be a I'm lot sure. of work. You, for sure. you would have to hire an assistant too, because didn't like Andre drink like fifty-three gallons of beer one time or something like that? Uh, that was pretty common, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why he'd make a great uh, dinner guest. <laughs> Hopefully, you're not paying. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Awesome, man. Well, before we let you go, where can uh, we see you wrestle next? What do you have coming up? You got your social medias to plug. What's happening? Uh, social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, we'll throw that in there. All Gunner Wicks. W-I-X-X. Uh, yes, W-I-X-X for the last name. Um, let's see. August 26th, I'm wrestling for BCW at Wrestling Taco. The 27th, I'm wrestling two shows. Uh at Mexican Fiesta in Milwaukee for BCW, and then in Kiwani for LPW. On August 28th, I am wrestling for AHW, defending my title against Mateo Valentine. So, and then October 7th, I'm wrestling Silas Young at Fourth Wall Wrestling, which uh, might no big put deal. my year-long undefeated streak in jeopardy. I wow. don't know, but... Holy shit. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. For our listeners out there who aren't familiar, Silas Young is a legend here in Milwaukee and actually had a match recently on AEW Dynamite against Hangman Adam Page, former world champion. Crushed it. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I wish you all the best on that. I'm, I'm going to get out and watch you guys wrestle. Um, it's been such a pleasure. I'm so glad you got to join us tonight. We've been such a big fan of you, and I'm so glad to hear your story and get you to know you better. The fans are going to love this. Gunner, thank you so much for thank coming you. on the show with us. I'm happy to be here. Thank yeah, you thanks, guys. Man. It's been a pleasure. You're the man. We can't thank Gunner enough for coming on the show and taking time to talk with us. It was so fun chatting with him, and I was so impressed uh, overall just with his career and how well-spoken he is. And I, I'm going to be keeping an eye on him and seeing where he's going to be headed next. And, uh, yeah, you should, too. Get out and support him if you love him in the ring, cheer, and buy his T-shirts. If you hate him as a heel, boo him. All of it is great support. So, Gunner, thanks again, bro. Can't wait to see you on the road. And uh, next week, we're going to have the all-out prediction show for AEW to see who is King Booker of the show. Those are always so fun. The... The card is shaping up very nice for All Out coming up soon here. And then a week after that, it'll be the results show. And we have another special guest joining us uh, in a few weeks here, too. Another fun interview that we can't wait to roll out. So, awesome, everyone. Hope you all are having a great summer. Keep listening to the show. Share with your friends. Like and subscribe. And, uh, yeah, keep it Triple H. Stay humble. Stay hungry. And stay hard.